Hey, y'all, Neil Blackman. Uh, Eric Fawcett is going to join me in a moment, and on this week's Florida Basketball Hour, we are going to talk about Keontae Johnson, who collapsed on the floor early in Florida's game Saturday at Florida State. Uh, We aren't going to get into that basketball game very much. Um, It just does not feel like it is that important to talk about what happened in the actual basketball game. What we do think is important to talk about is some of the information that's floating around and and what we've been able to gather, Um, not medically. uh, We're not doctors. We're not going to speculate on Keontae's condition. The university is doing a wonderful job. Um, Denver Parlor and all the people with Gators Basketball doing a great job updating us on Keontae's uh, condition. Uh, but, but we are going to clarify some things based on some of the misinformation that's out there, hopefully, um, what we do know. And, and I also think that we're going to talk about Keontae as a person, not just as a basketball player, um, and as somebody who isn't just the best of athletes, but is the best of people. And um, hopefully uh, we never have to do a show like this again. It's not one that, that you could prepare for. It's not one in our wildest uh, imagination or our worst nightmares we, we, we thought we would do um, together or anytime soon. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that Eric is with me to do it. It's not one I could do by myself. And um, just hope you guys uh, listen and, and gain something for, from it. Thanks. I am now joined by Eric Fawcett, uh, GatorCountry.com. Eric, uh, Florida loses to Florida State Saturday, but but obviously basketball, very much secondary. Keontae Johnson um, collapses on the court just minutes into the game uh, and, and, you know, is essentially just rushed to a hospital uh, and – everything from there kind of seems like a blur, like the whole, the whole game, the weekend, to be honest with, with listeners. So you guys know up front, I did not watch the basketball game until um, yesterday night. And I did watch the basketball game because I, I have a podcast that, that Eric and I do and, and I write about the team and, and I felt like I needed to, to watch the basketball part, but it just seems so insignificant. Well, Neil, it must have been uh, rough for you as well. Just uh, it, not only did you miss the uh, the game, uh, but uh, for, for listeners who are wondering, uh, Neil, I think your game must have started maybe whatever, half an hour, 45 minutes after Florida's game, because uh, what happened is, is Neil said, hey, um, I'm not going to be able to watch. Uh, text me some updates, you know, here or there. And, and after the game, I'll, I'll see what's going on. And uh, Neil was uh, just able to read the moment where I started typing what was probably largely gibberish of, of my in the moment read of, of the situation. And uh, yeah, obviously uh, that must've been a very weird experience for you, Neil going very quickly from, Hey, Florida's hitting shots. They look crisp. They're, they're up ahead to, Oh my goodness. I, I have no idea what's going on. And I, I didn't know if you were going to watch the game, Neil. So uh, I, I, 
I guess I, I find it admirable that you, uh, uh, that you did. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, Eric, um, was gracious enough to, to send me messages and, and, you know, I think a while ago I had always said if, if he was coaching or if I was coaching at, at any point when Florida was playing, um, that, that that's something that we would do. And, and Eric was, was sending me messages and it looked like Florida had gotten off to this, this great start that I thought actually was really important to having a chance up there. And, um, you know, largely keyed by Keontae Johnson, uh, I would add. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I just got kind of, they certainly weren't incoherent, Eric, you did well. <laughs> um, but, but you could tell that it's very sh- Eric like tends to write complete thoughts in text messages like I do. <laughs> and these are just like a lot of sentence fragments, like they're totally understandable, but um, yeah, you could tell something was wrong. And so coached a game um, kind of not knowing what was going on and, and uh, certainly admittedly a bit distracted at halftime um, of that game, just trying to make sure I checked my phone to see if there was an update and there really wasn't anything. Um, until much later in the evening. But so for those that don't know, um, you know, where we're at now, uh, Keontae was transferred today after spending time at, at Tallahassee Memorial Hospital. Uh, he was transported to Gainesville uh, today being Monday night via U.S. critical care transport system. Um, and that means that he can either be taken in a very fast ambulance or airlifted. Uh, you know, usually if it's from Tallahassee, you're talking about an airlift. I don't know which one it was and, and won't speculate. Um, but, but he was taken back uh, to Gainesville um, after getting his initial treatment. And he arrived back in Gainesville on Monday uh, and was in a medically induced coma, um, which is medically they put a person on medication various types of things to keep them sedated uh generally and and you know the idea uh, i guess is is to reduce discomfort first of all and also to help the brain and the body recover um from situations related to to either traditionally it's either for an aneurysm or or cardiac arrest so i'm not going to pretend to be a doctor that's probably as good a report as i could get and that's with lots of notes well i mean i always find it funny when if a player sprains their ankle or something uh people will be tweeting at me and say oh how long do you do you think he's going to be out uh as if i'm some form of medical professional which i am (laughs) i'm very obviously not so i try not to speculate in those situations uh much much less this situation uh, but I will say of the uh, the update that uh, the the Gators put out, um, I would say the most encouraging thing was was saying that he was responding to simple commands. Uh, once again, I don't want to speculate exactly what that that means, but uh, I, I have to say that was something that was uh, that was encouraging. The fact that they were able to to get him to Gainesville uh, that seems encouraging. But uh, this has been a this has been a big test of the uh, not wanting to speculate. And uh, man, I. Uh, I, it took me a long time of, of studying the game of basketball before I felt comfortable 
confidently delivering takes. Uh, yeah, certainly not going to start uh, speculating on on the medical side of things, though I appreciate uh, there's been some great people at Gator Country on the boards that have uh, um, that work in various points of the medical field who were able to uh, explain some things to me in terms of um, the care that he's been getting and, and what it could mean. Um, but right now it's, it's all that it's, it's all could it's uh, there, there's not a lot of facts and um, the story will be told when it's uh, when it's appropriate to do so. So uh, Neil, I think you did uh, lay out what we know pretty well there. Well, I tried. And, and again, yeah, I mean, the various message boards have been helpful uh, Andy Hutchins uh, at Alligator Army. Uh, I thought his his uh, you know lengthy post today on on the Alligator Army blog was was helpful. Um, so you know I think it's important to kind of get these these facts together and not speculate beyond that. The fact that he's undergoing more tests, you know, I don't know what that means as a layperson. That to me means maybe they're still trying to figure out exactly what the root cause of, of all this was, um, or, you know, figuring out how much damage it did one or the other, um, you know, traditionally would be what that would mean to me, but, but I don't know. Uh, I do know that it's good that he's back in Gainesville. It's good that his family, uh, is in Gainesville. Uh, I take it a pretty extended group of, of immediate not just immediate family, but now grandparents and, uh, and the like, are also there. I saw uh, Shannon Snell uh, tweet earlier, former Gator football player, uh, tweet earlier that that he was going to, you know, seek them out so that he could cook for them while they're in town, which I think is incredible. By and large, the response of Gator Nation uh, that I've seen on social media, Eric, has been remarkable. Yeah, and uh, obviously beyond, I think that's been something that's been been really cool is to see uh, so many people that are ex Gator, you know, or I shouldn't say ex Gator, um, but Gator alumni, um, people uh, from various sports that aren't even basketball, and then you're just like getting into to people like Dwayne Wade who don't have a connection to Florida basketball or anything like that. Uh, but they have obviously heard the story and they know it's absolutely heartbreaking and they've uh, they've tweeted out their support. So uh, this is, you know, quite truthfully, I would say one of the one of the biggest stories in sports. And while you certainly wish that the biggest story in sports surrounding Keontae Johnson and, and Florida basketball was was not this, uh, it, it has been it has been just, you know, it has been cool to see so many wide reaching uh, athletes, personalities, um, celebrities uh, tweeting out their support and it just uh, yeah shows uh, shows how much uh, people kind of recognize just the the tragedy of, the, of how how devastating uh, Saturday morning was yeah I mean um, I think a couple things that Eric and I you know discussed before recording this show and, and I said in an intro before Eric uh, got on that you know, I'm sure it's not a show that Eric ever imagined having to do. It's not a show that I ever imagined to do. I don't ever want to do a show like this again. Um, but, but a couple things, you know, kind of at the top before we continue. First, basketball. Uh, if you want to talk to us about the game, please shoot us a direct message, a DM. Shoot us an email, nwblackman at gmail.com. That's how you can get me. Um, you can hit either of us up on Twitter at nwblackman. At EFOSET7, you can tweet the Florida Basketball Hour account. We'll talk about the basketball game if you want. Uh, so 
you know, I guess subsection A. I, my thought watching it Sunday, and I did watch the whole game, is that Florida kind of played their rear ends off given the circumstances. Um, Florida was ahead 11-3 when Keontae collapsed. Uh, they looked kind of like a team on a mission. The start was really good. They looked like athletically they were going to be able to play with Florida State uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Doesn't mean they were going to win. Just obviously a very different basketball game after Keontae collapsed. And then uh, Florida State just made a ton of shots, a lot of guarded shots too. Uh, very uncharacteristic of them. Um, but if you want to talk more about what happened on the basketball court, I mean, we'll do that. But that's not what this particular show is for. Yeah, not too uh, too much to add there. I mean, hey, Florida, given the circumstances, um, played particularly uh, particularly well with their backs against the wall. It's uh, especially there was you know a point in the second half where it definitely felt like the Gators had didn't want to be there for obvious reasons and uh, were I forget what the lead got down to. I think it was eighteen points and uh, and Florida pushed it back to single digits and just kind of had one last push in them, but they were emotionally and physically exhausted um you know scotty lewis is a player that i've been pretty pretty hard on Pro- i'm probably harder on him than any other gator to be quite honest and i thought he played super well and just kind of put the team on his on his back so i do just want to make sure i acknowledge that i think scotty lewis had a had a great game and just really played inspired and i'll also just point out hey um florida had the worst thing that might ever happen to a Florida basketball team happened to them uh, against a really good Florida state team, Florida state hit 50% of their threes. And, you know, it was a a 12 point game. So the fact that Florida kind of kept it within touch. um, Yeah. It's uh, if there is any kind of basketball thing to take away from this game. um, Yeah. I would say that you, you play a really good Florida state team that hits 50% of their threes, which they probably are not going to do the rest of the season. And it was still somewhat respectable. Yeah, I mean, look, um, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to address kind of head on uh, is um, there's been a lot of, for all the good information and the people that have been willing to wait, and I think the university has done a great job uh, providing updates uh, cautiously and accurately, um, and that's a testament to Denver Parlor and, and – Everybody with uh, Mike Roebuck, everybody that, that's over there with, with Florida's communications and program support, um, just really good at, at what they do. Uh, but, you know, the speculation about COVID, oh, is this a, is this a long-term, oh, it's because Keontae tested positive for COVID a couple months, and this is a COVID ramification or... Uh, some of the just rumors and innuendo that's been out there. That stuff, to me, I think is gross. Um, When you don't know what the facts are, uh, it is dangerous when some of that stuff started coming out before the family could even be there. Um, That kind of speculation and conjecture. Look, I just, I have no tolerance for it. And I was very healthy with my use of the mute button. Um, this weekend when I saw it and, uh, I'll continue to be. Yeah. I'm, I, I would say something absolutely bizarre happens uh, for the question to, to cross your mind of, Hey, is it COVID related? I think that's totally fair. Um, truthfully, 
uh, to continue to press on and the people that wrote stories about it and uh, kind of operated on the assumption that it was COVID related, I just think was right. lazy, disrespectful, stupid, um, insert, insert whatever you want there. I, 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 I totally understand. I mean, Hey, when it, when it happened, um, I, you know, the thought crossed my mind of, Hey, yeah. is, it, is it COVID related? There's, I don't think that that's unfair. And I still don't even think that's unfair, um, to ask. I do think it's unfair to keep pressing, um, for that kind of information. Um, and once again, it's, it's one of those things that's like the, this, the story will, will come out when it, when it will. And, uh, when it's appropriate to do so. And, uh, until that point, it just frankly doesn't, doesn't really matter all, all that much. Yeah, it really doesn't. And that's, you know, if you're using, it's absolutely fair to ask that question. Um, what's not fair is to speculate or to spread misinformation as if you're certain that it's related to that or use COVID and, or use Keontae Johnson and what happened to him Saturday uh, as a reason to push some sort of agenda you have. I mean that—that's what I mean when I say something is gross. I don't mean asking the COVID question. Just mm. so we're just so we're clear um, about that. Like I, you know, yeah. I mean the thought certainly crossed my mind with Florida having to put the program on pause uh, and having a number of, of cases and Mike White's comments that they had kind of gone through uh, all that and you know Keontae missing practice time uh, in the summer it certainly crossed my mind. But but don't make it that when when no medical doctor has said that and and you don't know that you know what i mean oh yeah and uh, I, I mean the people that have been tweeting at at neil and and myself and you know andrew spivey one of the football writers at gator country is going through where people are just like berating us get trying to get information and it's like you know the the people that are that are in the room are, are mike white and his family like they're not looking to share information about this and me and Neil are not looking at trying to get to those people to, to beg them for information. Like that's, it's just ridiculous. So um, yeah, that was another cause for, for frustration that, that people just feel like uh, the story is something that they are owed, um, which is just not the case. And uh, yeah, once again, the, the, I think the, uh, the time will come where uh, we'll, we'll all know what, what happens and just trying to skip the line and, and, get information um the moment it happens uh this is just just not the time for that so man yeah like you uh, like you mentioned neil this is uh, just the there, there's a first time for for everything i guess this is not a situation i thought i'd ever have to quote unquote cover i i guess uh never a podcast i thought we'd have to record <laughs> but uh, uh yeah here we are yeah the other one i wanted to talk about was was florida playing on um because i think that's become the subject of some national conversation and you know maybe maybe those writers won't listen to this although um you know hopefully i can get an audio clip of this segment and put it on on twitter uh one of us is bound to say something smart but um look the the reason that florida decided to play on there's been a lot of stuff about that that's not necessarily been reported accurately by everyone. I think Graham Hall has done a fantastic job on this story, which is an extremely difficult story. And Graham pointed out that like Leonard Hamilton and Mike White did not ever have a conversation uh, that 
Leonard Hamilton, I guess, had a conversation with various people from Florida um, or FSU administrators had a conversation with Leonard Hamilton about a conversation that they had with people from Florida. And I think, um, you know, ultimately what we know is that the Florida players wanted to play. What have I missed so far, Eric? <laughs> uh, it looks all accurate so far. Okay. So um, here's the thing about that. You can go back and forth and debate whether or not, you know, Mike White and the Florida staff should have put this on the players. And I think the thing about that is that you really do benefit immensely from hindsight. Uh, And you have to understand that if the players unanimously want to play um, and they're in tears, that the coaching staff is, is also probably extraordinarily rattled by this. Not probably they are. This is a traumatic event um, for, for every member of the staff. And look, I don't know how each of those individual coaches processes trauma. Um, You know, I don't know what goes into making that call, but they have to make that call in a matter of minutes and they're doing the best they can in that situation. Traditionally, this is the other thing I do know, is that traditionally uh, there is an administrator from whether it's somebody from the athletic department uh, or somebody on your support staff, and they're there kind of as a sounding board or somebody to check in with. But with COVID protocols being what they are, you know, I don't know who Florida actually traveled with in their group. So I don't know if there was that sort of point person to talk to Mike and be like, hey, are you guys sure that you guys want to go forward? Um, there normally would be that kind of player. Uh, even, And I know this because I've been told it by Division One coaches that traditionally that they have that person there and they didn't know what Florida's protocols were. So that's the first thing I can say is that two Division One head coaches told me their normal guy that travels with them for that or girl uh, in one case um, – don't get to travel with them this year due to COVID protocols. Uh, and the second reason I know is because as a coach myself, and um, I have an athletic director that, that could make those sorts of decisions. And that would be in, I mean, I thank goodness I've never had to deal with anything remotely like this, but you know, that could be in a circumstance where if a player like just broke their leg, uh, you know, an athletic director might be like, okay, here's what we need to do to deal with the kind of stress of the player getting carted off, you know, when is it appropriate to proceed? Those sorts of questions. So um, it's, it's long-winded. I'm not trying to, to take up time from Eric, but, but that's part of what goes into that, you know. So what was your initial thought? Because you watched it live, Eric. Like, what was your thought about continuing to play? Okay, well, here's the, uh, the key word that you just said. And uh, you asked me watching live, what did you think? And here is the thing, watching it live is, is very different than what happened 45 minutes, an hour later, an hour and a half later, when people were following on, on Twitter, hearing the updates, hearing what was going on, um, versus the people who had to decide within a matter of moments, or we'll even call it minutes, maybe it was probably more like moments if they were going going to continue. Uh, th- those are two very different things. Like, it's crazy. I, I have seen 
players collapse in, in high school games I've coached in, in horrifying similar fashion to the way that Keontae Johnson fell. Um, I have seen a player get a collapsed lung and need to have a hole poked through his torso to save him on the middle of the the floor. Um, I have seen a player get a collapsed trachea on the floor, like horrifying moments. And, um, pretty much in all those times that that player has ended up walking off the floor. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. You just never think when you're playing a sport that a player is going to get stretched off in the way that Keontae Johnson did go to the hospital and have him be in a medically induced coma. Like, so I just think the reality of this situation was so far removed from even what their imagination would have been in that moment that them trying to make what was quote unquote the right decision in the moment is just near impossible. And that's what everyone's looking for here. They're looking for black or white. They're looking for, did they make the decision correctly or incorrectly? And there was just no right decision in that moment. The other thing that kind of really bothered me was people on either side of the argument who said either, Oh, Keontae Johnson would not wanted them to keep playing or the people who said, Oh, Keontae would have wanted them to keep playing you have no idea what he would have wanted. There, there's no way of knowing. And and people were on either side arguing it adamantly about what he would or or wouldn't have wanted them to do. And and you just don't know. There's there's no way to prepare for for a moment like this. And I I would say that I think a lot of the criticism regarding uh that Florida deciding to or you deciding to continue to play. I, I just think is is so unfair. Um, I think like you mentioned, um, people getting to, to use hindsight, thinking about it days later, um, you know, looking at it today and saying there's people tweeting today. Oh, um, there's no way Florida should have continued that game. Well, I mean, that's pretty easy to say on, on Monday afternoon, um, but Saturday morning in the moment, it's, it's a lot tougher. And man, you better believe that if Florida ends up coming out of that moment, um, beating Florida state by 15. Um, you better believe a lot of the people that are saying, Oh, I can't believe Florida continued to play. Those people would be saying, wow, what an incredible story. Um, Keontae Johnson's brothers stepped up and, and played and played for him. And, um, a lot of these say there, there's a lot of, you know, prominent writers that are saying Florida shouldn't have played it. And I guarantee you if Florida, can, if Florida ended up winning that game, um, it would be, it would be the entire opposite. And they would be talking about how admirable it was that Florida kept playing. So I don't think you can look at what happened, how the game went, or look a couple days forward and say uh, that should have any merit on was it the right or wrong decision. Uh, you just can't look at it that way. And I, I, I don't think there was a right or wrong decision in that moment, which might sound soft, but uh, the, the, there's just there's just no way that they they could have known what the you know quote unquote correct thing to do was. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree, Eric, and and I mean the idea of, of how traumatic this was is like Mike White is a father with five kids, I think. Um, and I know, you know, you got multiple parents on the staff, Al Pinkins, uh, Menzies. So, I mean, you know, the White goes, I mean, this is like a, a son to him. I mean, he goes to the hospital. He is there with him until he returns. So reasonably, you know, we know from just the reporting that's been out there that's done that's accurate. Mike was with this kid, uh, didn't see his own family until today. So, you know, the idea that that White somehow, uh, the ones that have bothered me are 
I mean, I, I agree, you know, assessing judgment on either side is bad. Using this incident or the decision to play on is yet another indictment of Mike White, which is, I've seen this. And this is what I mean by freely using the mute button. <laughs> I mean, that, that is such a bad take. Uh, and, and it's just really disturbing um, to say that about somebody who, who obviously was, was traumatized and, and devastated um, by what was happening uh, on the floor. And I mean, by the way, you know, Mike White was actually right. Like they were defending inbounds passes, like out of bounds. I think they had multiple players out of bounds on the sequence in question that, that I'm referring to. I know we weren't going to talk about basketball, but like Mike White getting a technical over something like that is instructive to me. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's so out of character, even it's so out of character for Mike, even with that type of egregious rule breaking. Well, and and again, the way he uh, he kept at it after his technical, I mean, I thought he was going to get tossed. And, and there's part of me that thought he was trying to get tossed to, uh, you know, get the hell out of that gym and, and get to the hospital. Um, but uh, Colin Castleton uh, stepped in to, to help cool things off uh but no that was a that was definitely a noticeable change in 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 mike white's demeanor there's there's no question so i mean don't don't be the person that that makes that your take uh because because it's not good i i wanted to spend time on on Keontae, and i, I want to frame it like this eric um you know athletes at least physically and sometimes through the ways that we're inspired by sports uh, are, are among the best of us uh, in certain contexts. And Keontae Johnson, he's among the best athletes uh, that I've ever seen in a Florida uniform in any sport, um, just from a pure athleticism standpoint. What I'll also say uh, is that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get to touch at it incoming recruits. It's not part of my job description uh, the way that Eric does. And, and Eric cultivates relationships with a lot of these kids before they, are, they even arrive at Florida. I have had the opportunity to, to, to interact with the Johnson family. Uh, and I have had the opportunity to, to interact with Keontae a little bit, uh, including one story at Charleston, which I'm going to tell in a minute. But um, you know, this is a first-class athlete, uh, a first-class human. Um, probably this, with Andrew Nimhard gone, this program's unquestioned leader. Uh, and just, uh, you know, it goes without saying that when you're the SEC player of the year in the preseason, you're a great basketball player. Keontae off the court uh, as special. And that's not just from interactions with, with the Johnsons, but it's from other people uh, around the program, uh, basketball people that know Keontae. So, I, you know, I, I wanted to say that first before we talk about him a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, that's been one of the uh, one of the cool things these last couple of days is is people who have uh, reached out to me, mostly looking for updates that I didn't have, but I was happy to hear uh, hear the story of why they were so interested in in updates because they were coaches that coached him when he was in his early teens. There were people who put on basketball camps that he went to when he was twelve or thirteen or fourteen years old, uh, or it was uh, it was <laughs> there was one coach that uh, that coached against him multiple times. Um, and just kind of had a relationship with him that that way, and uh, just all these people that, um, like, I mean, Keontae Johnson is is one one person that they like. There's just no, I, I no no negative words spoken about him from from anyone. I mean, rival fan bases, um, Florida fans who are very hard on their their players and athletes. I think I think Keontae Johnson's approval rating is higher than man than uh than anyone on the, the in the last couple of years so yeah just uh <laughs> just someone who definitely uh who people who knew him people who just watched him play man he uh he has had an impact on on people and it's it's been positive so what are what are some of your uh we were gonna do i think our, our outline called for three our three favorite Keontae moments snake draft style i mean maybe we should <laughs> we, we should get into that with with your uh your first one all right, I'm going to kick things off. Um, you know what? Mm, snake drafting. Uh, I didn't necessarily do them do them in order, but I do have to start with. Uh, uh, I will start with with this. Um, it was the game. Uh, going, let's throw it back to to Keontae Johnson's uh, freshman season, and it was against Arkansas in the first game of the SEC tournament. So, what you uh, you know, I think a lot of people might have forgotten that game because I think Florida ended up winning by fourteen or fifteen. Uh, but if you remember at that time, I mean, Florida needed to win two games for sure in the SEC tournament to make the NCAA tournament that that year. Uh, they had just come off three losses. Um, one of them was to a really bad Georgia team. Um, then LSU, who they played like five times that year, and then and then Kentucky. So they were not in a good position. Um, I going into uh, going into postseason play, they almost certainly would have. Uh, actually, I will say they would certainly would have uh, not made the NCAA tournament if they didn't win this game against Arkansas in their first game of the season. Of course, they probably needed to beat LSU in the next game, which they did. Um, but uh, this this game against Arkansas that they desperately needed to win uh they ended up winning by 14 or 15 and i think for that reason people maybe forget about it but if you look back at that game um andrew nemhard had six points obviously he was a freshman uh jalen hudson was doing what jalen hudson kind of did for a lot of that season he was one for five from the field he had four turnovers in like 20 minutes and was relegated to the bench uh noah Locke was one for nine that game and and Kavarius hayes wasn't able to you know contribute anything offensively uh but in that game keontae johnson had 20 points and 12 rebounds and uh i again people are going to look at the lsu game in the next one and and the the shot especially that andrew nemhart uh, hit to send the gators to the ncaa tournament but i look at the game prior where uh, the veterans weren't getting the job done and freshman Keontae Johnson put the team on his back. Uh, no one was getting it going offensively. Um, he did. The Gators were struggling uh, defensively at the time and and he was the one who went on Jalen Harris, who's one of their leaders and and, and held him to two points. Um, he was the one who sl- had to take a bunch of possessions on Mason Jones, who's a great player. He had seven points that game. So um, that's kind of the game that I just remember, like, you know, like uh Hard hat Keontae Johnson with his lunch pail coming to work. The guys above him not playing to their potential, and him just uh, just putting the team on his back. So that's going to be uh, that's that's certainly uh, one of my favorite memories of him. That's a great choice, and and I was 
you know, I was kind of, uh, I didn't do mine in order either, but I just snake draft on a, on a whim. So I'm going to go NCAA tournament, uh, Florida, Nevada, uh, Keontae versus a team full of pros. And, and look, this is how unafraid Keontae was. Like he went three or three or 14 from the field in that game and probably drove Mike White a little crazy with his willingness to take a shot. But what was a conversation <laughs> we had so much that year? Like Kayvon Allen was still, but his senior year, like they're still yelling, shoot Kayvon, right? And they're still trying to figure out, you know, who's our guy? Who's the guy that's going to be the difference maker? And, and Keontae Johnson playing wings that are just as big as him and taller uh, just, just goes up and grabs five offensive rebounds, posts a double-double in his first NCAA tournament game, um, which is you know, sad to think about maybe – one of his only NCAA tournament games, uh, you know, but we, we don't know anything yet. But, but uh, you know, just um, just an incredible performance from, from a freshman when the team desperately needed somebody to just not be afraid uh, against a bunch of seniors. And, and Florida gets the, uh, the upset win over, over uh, Eric Musselman and the Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I picked uh, my game because it was, yeah, Florida's – veteran players not playing up to their capabilities and and johnson as a freshman just taking over and uh it makes sense that you picked the the game against nevada a team full of guys who were like 23 years old and uh Keontae johnson as a freshman outplays them so that's a that's a great pick i'm interested to see what uh what your next one will be in the snake here yeah so i was torn between between the lsu game at the sec tournament which is the dunk uh that that really ignited florida uh, on their comeback, um, and, and I think most people saw had know that the Florida Basketball Hour Twitter profile avatar for for a long time has been, you know, Keontae in the sky, uh, throwing it home. But but I'm actually just you know I decided to stay consistent with just Keontae Johnson killing Eric Whistleman, <laughs> um, and so I went with last year when when Florida was you know, a 16 and nine team that had just lost a tough game on the road. And we were kind of wondering like, you know, okay, are things going to get ragged? And, and Florida puts together just this really good performance against Arkansas, uh, paced by none other than Keontae, uh, who, who had 24 points, 10 rebounds and, uh, ends up tying, um, a long Joe Kim Noah mark, to get in the top five of most free throws made in a game by Gator. He was 15 of 17 at the line, um, pacing a Florida team that, that ended up making 21 of their 25 free throws. But 15 of Florida's 21 <laughs> were made by uh, Keontae. And it was mostly just Johnson just viciously attacking closeouts the whole game. Like, you could make a video of him attacking closeouts and, and drawing contact. And that is something that does lead me into into my selection for Keontae Johnson memories. It was not one game in particular or one moment in particular. It is Keontae Johnson and the art of attacking the closeout. Yes. Um, my uh, <laughs> my favorite thing about uh, Keontae Johnson's game ever since he was a freshman, and I was said, "Oh, I think he's going to be two and through," and made the claim and 
was really close. I thought really close. I thought to making that one, uh, that one come true. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, a basketball skill that is so, so important and doesn't get talked about much at all yet. Um, he does it better than anyone. And it just, uh, as people keep talking about how players can get better at ball handling, can get better at using screens to, to get in the paint. Um, here's Keontae Johnson who just, uh, knows to attack the weak foot of a vulnerable defender who's, who's closing out. So, uh, definitely my, my pick, um, my pick there is, uh, is Keontae Johnson's general attacking of the closeout. And then, uh, this one's definitely a personal one for me, um, but obviously growing up, uh, li- you know, living in Canada, don't get to go to too many uh, Florida games. Uh, but last year um, was able to was able to make the trip out in January. Um, and uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, there the, the one game I was at was uh, the big win over Auburn, which was great. Keontae Johnson wasn't particularly great in that game. He kind of let Omar Payne just handle all the rebounding and uh, dunking everything in that one. Uh, but I did go to the game prior against Ole Miss. Um, he had 15 points and six rebounds. And uh, while it was far from the best pure uh, Keontae Johnson performance um, from a just a pure basketball sense, um, it was my chance to see him in person for the first time and just be blown away with the the athleticism with my uh, with my own eyes. So seeing him, you know, I came right as soon as warm-up started, as soon as I could get into the arena, me and my wife did, so that we could see every moment of warm-ups and just to see, uh, see Keontae Johnson fly in person, man, it's just, it's so different than uh, than seeing it on, on TV, that's for sure. So uh, yeah, that's my, uh, that'll definitely go down as one of my favorites, uh, Keontae Johnson memories. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty special stuff, um, you know, and, and had the opportunity uh, before the Auburn game to spend time with Eric and, and his wife and and uh, obviously Florida gets that huge win, which was, which was amazing. Um, and, and yeah, Keontae kind of a quiet night uh, that night, but, but so many nights last year that, that weren't quiet um, and, and when Florida really needed them. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's when he was often at his best, you know, I thought he kind of willed Florida Again, a game and a loss that stands out was his performance at Rupp last year, where he goes for 19 and 10 at Rupp Arena, and, and Florida lost by six. But really, a, a game that was very close until well under the last media timeout, Eric, and, and largely because of the way Keontae played. But the one that sticks out to me uh, and gives a little picture of of all of of Johnson is. Um, you know, after Florida routed Miami last year at the Charleston Classic, uh, Keontae had had 22 points and 12 against St. Joe's. So kind of a, a coming out party game against St. Joe's, you know, when Florida really needed it. But then Florida blows Miami out. And I think the team uh, just wanted to get on the bus and get ready for their day off and their rest and Xavier. And um, there was actually one of the Florida assistants that was like, come on guys. But there were, there were five kids uh, anywhere from ages seven to, you know, I'm speculating on seven, but that's about my, I have an eight year old. So I'm guessing on, on that, on the closeness <laughs> uh, to about, to about 16. Um, one kid that, that was, you know, about six foot one and had basketball stuff on and they're all in line and Florida's trying to get on the bus and they're trying to get them to go. And, you know, they all want Keontae Johnson to sign these programs. And, uh, and finally, Mike White says, Key, we got to go. 
and and I see, I'm standing out there, and I see Key say, you know, Coach, I got to sign all these, and and White kind of flashes a grin and just gets on the bus, and they wait there for for Keontae to sign every autograph, and then uh, he's the last guy on the bus. Um, after that, so just you know, kind of kind of cool. You know, only one of these people had any Gator stuff on. It was the the, the youngest of them was with his dad. Uh, the rest of them were just like local kids who went to the Charleston Classic that day. And, oh, Keontae Johnson, I want to see him play. Um, you know, maybe they saw him in March Madness, or uh, you know, who knows? But just gives you an idea of like somebody that that gravitated towards people and that had kind of has kind of a magneticism about him that uh, you know people are drawn to, and and that's why he's such a leader. And uh, you know, certainly. You know, we want to see that smile again close soon. Yeah, fewer uh, fewer players would actually do that than than a lot of people would uh, would imagine. Like you said, a lot of times players are very much looking forward to getting on the bus, putting in their headphones, and like getting on Instagram. So, uh, uh, yeah, that the the thought that Johnson would would stay back and and take time to do that. Um, yeah, there's just uh, less players would do that than, than you'd think I, I would imagine to, to people <laughs> listening to this, but, uh, uh, and yes, we, we both, I, I mean, we, we had to both allude to it. I thought I was leaving it for you, but I, we, you know, the best peer basketball performance from Keontae Johnson was likely that, that LSU, uh, 25 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. Um, that was just dominant and just showed that, you know, how, versatile he he is as, as a basketball player and he got it done from the three-point line as well as uh as well as uh in the paint so that was uh that's probably uh you know honorary pick number number seven as just like if you had to show one game of what is everything Keontae Johnson is as a basketball game it's uh probably the LSU game from February last year yeah and uh, you know um Will Wade's remarks after the game <laughs> <laughs> what I what did he say? Something like that guy just kills us every time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we we can't figure out how to guard that guy. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people in in the SEC were were pondering that question headed into this season. Oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm just up. Uh, I, I I was just looking for the quote where he said uh, he whipped <laughs> us in every phase of the game. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> It was definitely, definitely something like that. So I, I, you know, I did, I I got to thinking about it and, and, you know, this was all such a gut punch and it was very difficult to, to focus on, uh, coaching. Um, I told, uh, Gator Dave, uh, who's, who's become a friend, um, over the last few years, uh, mutual podcasting and just doing our own thing about the Gators uh, and, and a young father like myself. And, and, um, you know, I was sick this year, Eric, and, and had my own problems uh, that pale in comparison to Keontae's fight right now. But, but it made me appreciate the time I have with my kids and, and the chance I get to be a dad. And uh, I just want that for Keontae because, you know, I, I hope that he, he recovers and, and can live a normal life. Um, you know, in for me, he's my favorite Gator basketball player since I've had season tickets, uh, which is seven. This is year eight. Um, so you know, he he kind of edges out just because as a coach, like watching him attack closeouts is so pretty. Uh, he he does in fact 
slightly edge out Scotty Wilbekin for me in that category. Um, and he's certainly one of my three or four favorite Gator players since the 04s. Um, you know, probably top three in that category with, uh, along with, uh, with uh, Wilbekin and Chandler Parsons. So I think just, um, and Brad Beal. So, so just a, an exceptional basketball player uh, and, a, and a really good person. Um, and it, it's hard to, to think about, you know, maybe we won't get to see him play basketball again, but, but maybe worse, like he won't get to have the life that, that he's earned through uh, earning his scholarship and going to school and, and being a good student and becoming a leader from going from soft-spoken kid to, to leader in three seasons under under the staff and on his own and, and all that stuff. Yeah, he would definitely be uh, a Mount Rushmore of my favorite Gators. Um, and that's obvious. That's not even any recency bias or for the sake of this podcast. I mean, yeah, I've spent the last two and a half years just like talking about how much I love watching him attack closeouts and uh, he does that better than anyone. And I love it. But uh, yeah, I would say like my other, like I, like I said, like I've always loved, um, I've always loved watching, watching big men play. So uh, like, I, I love Patrick young. He probably would have been my, yeah. my favorite from, um, from that team. And then, you know, when I was a kid first getting into getting into the Gators, it was, uh, I guess I was like 12 or 13, um, a kid. Um, it was Al Horford. Um, mm. I always had a weird soft spot for not a weird soft spot, great player, but for Dorian <laughs> Finney Smith, uh, just so the way that he really battled through, um, some tough circumstances in terms of the roster around him. I loved his demeanor and, and the way he played. And then, uh, then it's, uh, then it's Keontae Johnson for sure. So, uh, that's, that's my Mount Rushmore of, of favorite players. And, um, you, you know, you, like you mentioned just about the fact that he might not be able to, to play out his career as, as would have been expected. Like, so, so last year's NBA draft was, was weaker than this year's draft. There's, that's pretty consensus. Uh, I'm across the board. Um, there's a lot of people that after the first week of the college basketball season put out their, uh, their mock drafts, some of the best, uh, such as Sam Vecini from the athletic. Um, so for example, I think he had Keontae Johnson as uh, the 21st pick in this, uh, this upcoming draft, um, in his mock draft. And, and again, so he actually did it. He was going to do it after uh, like two weeks into the, uh, the NCAA season. And of course, Florida didn't have the opportunity to, uh, to play there in the first week. So Florida had just played army Conte Johnson did not play particularly well. And, uh, you know, Sam Vecini had him 22nd or 21st on his board. Um, obviously it's the, the, the results of him playing army would not have really shifted the way that he would perceive him as an NBA draft prospect. So if, and if you look at some other kind of prominent mock drafts, that's uh, a lot of people have Keontae Johnson in the twenties for, for this upcoming draft. So, I mean, man, if he was in the early twenties of, of this year's draft, um, I would say it was totally fair to say that if he went in the draft last year in a weaker draft, he might've been a first round pick as, as well. I mean, the, I, yeah, the, the draft's stronger this year and most people think he's going in the twenties. So, um, man, that's, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a dream come true for for him and his family. That's um, it's a lot of money, um, life changing money. If you're drafted in the first round and you get a guaranteed contract, um, something that, like you said, Neil, he uh, he's earned it. So uh, 
who who knows but uh man it would uh, yeah it just it just breaks your heart if he's not able to uh to experience all that him and his, all that he's worked for all that his family has sacrificed for um and that's just on the basketball court not even the uh the perhaps far more important things that even uh, even you mentioned yeah i mean it's just uh it's it's just hard to to kind of reckon with with how how big how much bigger this is than basketball uh, you know, Florida now has a, an extreme challenge, I think, uh, as they await, you know, more updates on, on Keontae, uh, and Florida basketball sent a tweet tonight, uh, noting while we were recording, noting that, that Keontae's immediate family is with him in Gainesville, receiving help and support from UF health, the university of Florida, his teammates and the entire athletic program. Uh, and it just talks about the ways that that you can continue to lift his family up uh, with love and support. They are um, saying you can send letters or cards. So there's an address there, uh, but but he obviously has has quite a long road ahead of him. Um, I don't think that's speculation. Um, you know, as a coach, this coaching staff has undoubtedly not been anything like through anything like this before, at least to my knowledge, none of them have. Uh, if they have, this has still got to be one of the most difficult, if not the most challenging thing uh, in their collective coaching careers. Um, you know, I can't think of necessarily what I could do as a coach in this situation when basketball feels so small, and I feel like that's what they're going to have to grapple with in the next few months, Eric. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I I'm sure all the coaches do this, but I know Darius Nichols, for example, is all the time um, going to coaching clinics, watching coaching clinics, watching cl- coaching videos, and uh, you know they'll talk about different zone defenses and different offenses and all types of things related to coaching and even the uh, this psychology side of coaching and and motivation. I mean none of anything that any of these coaches would have ever prepared for would have, would have prepared them for this. There's just, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing available. There's no resource. Um, and this kind of even goes back to the whole conversation of should they have played or not? There's just, there's no right answer. There's no, uh, roadmap for, for how these things, uh, should be went through. So, uh, you, how do they go forward? I mean, I think you, you do what Mike White did. You're, you're there. Um, you don't go back to go coach practice and say business as usual. Um, you, you stay the extra, the extra two days in, in Tallahassee at the, at the hospital, um, being away from, as, as you mentioned, Neil, being away from his family and his young kids and his wife and his team. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's what, sh- what you do. You're just, you're there, you're present and, uh, you show with your actions, what's important. And, uh, Florida has shown that with, um, you know, brief note i'm sure most people will obviously know this but yeah florida canceling their game on wednesday uh with north florida um all really for for obvious reasons and it's it's not like hey let's go to practice and try to take our minds off things it's um it's there they're just they're being present they're being they're being there for for Keontae and his family and um i think i think for you know for whatever my opinion is worth i i think that that's uh that's what you do you just you be there for them well no i mean your opinion is worth a lot <laughs> so, so, I mean, don't don't diminish what, what your don't diminish what your opinion is worth. Um, you know, it, it's it's just I think that the fact that 
you know, we're on here just thinking of what, what, what we would do. And it's so hard to come up with and, and, and reckon with, I think people need to, to kind of understand that, uh, that there's basketball feels awfully small and yet Florida, well, you know, they may play Florida Atlantic Saturday. They may not, but at some point they're going to get back on the floor. Um, you know, because there are other players that have futures that are impacted by basketball and, and they all deserve to play. Um, you know, and how do you, how do you pull together? Uh, you know, and you've got to do it now without, without your best player um, and without, you know, one of your biggest leaders and, and not just that it, it's not like it's an ACL or, you know, somebody, some crutches. It's, it's a guy who's in a hospital you know, fighting right now for, for every inch. So uh, it's just, it's just a lot uh, to think about the scale of it, I think. Um, so Eric and I wanted to, to kind of close the show uh, with, with prayer. Uh, I was really touched by the, the Bruce Pearl uh, video um, of Auburn uh, collectively praying for Keontae. I know a lot of people have been doing that. Um, so, you know, if you, if you want, you, you guys can, can join us, uh, virtually, uh, through, through the pod as you listen, but, um, I'll, I'll let Eric, uh, start us off and, and then I'll, uh, I'll try to close us, um, if I can. All right. Thank you. Um, God, we thank you for Keontae. Uh, we thank you for the tremendous young man that he has be uh, that he's become, and and all that he's given to his family, his community, and and us who just uh, get to watch him on the court. At this time, we speak out boldly, praying for healing. God, um, you are the great physician, and you have authority in in all things. And we pray that you would come through and intervene in a huge way. Um, I pray for the doctors, the the nurses, the medical professionals. Uh, anyone on hand that that has anything to do with uh, with administering treatments, I, I pray for their knowledge. Um, I pray for their skill, um, their discernment and decision making, um, and and their execution of of the uh, of what's taking place. And I just pray that in everything, above all, that you'll you'll have your hands on all things. Um, I, I pray for peace. I pray for comfort for Keontae, his family, his friends, uh, his teammates, and everyone that's been so closely affected. Um, I, I want to pray God that, that everyone just, just feels your presence so closely and that everyone, uh, would, uh, would feel loved and, and experience you in a new way through this. Um, yeah, we, we pray boldly God for healing in Jesus name. And Lord, uh, I just want to echo my brother Eric's, uh, prayers that, that we're praying for healing. Father, I also want to lift up, uh, Keontae's teammates, the coaches, uh, family members of, of the staff, family members of the players, uh, Keontae's family. Um, I, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. But, you know, I, I know, Lord, that uh, you're a great counselor um, and that you help people navigate uh, grief, help people navigate adversity better than, than anyone here on earth can. Uh, so I pray that you'll walk with these folks as they go on this journey with Keontae because uh, they they need you right now uh, so badly too. Um, and so I just lift all of them up to you and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh,
folks, uh, we will we will be back um, when Florida plays basketball again, or if we need to be uh, before that. But but for now, just please keep these uh, players, keep Keontae Johnson in, in your thoughts, uh, keep him in your prayers, and and um, hopefully we'll continue to get uh, some positive developments. Thank you all for listening to Florida Basketball Hour. Uh, you know we really really appreciate it. Uh, platform that we have is only because of you, um, and hopefully, uh, you know we can use it to to do some good and and um, provide some some joy even in in dark times thanks everyone